That's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's up, what's up, and welcome in. You're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. That's our telephone number. Follow me on Facebook, facebook.com, or on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Hood as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. Well, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll have Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. I've not seen the the uh, stories from Tales from the Hood, but I will tell you that they're always good. Guaranteed. There's always going to be something interesting from Tales from the Hood at the bottom of the hour. Um, we will have our Cubs post game when the Cubs goes final. They, um, we'll talk with the Cubs as they are struggling and mightily uh, against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll hear from Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation. We haven't talked to Brett in a long time on this show. Uh, he'll be part of our post-game conversation here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad to have you in today on this Wednesday night. Keeping you company until 10 o'clock. Let's see, 8.05 on a Wednesday night. 8.05. Now, what should I talk about now? 8 o'clock. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, there's a hint. I hear... I hear He's either Hogan's Heroes or I hear football music in the background. Something's one or the other. I know what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, 8 o'clock every night. You know what we do, right? We give you, my friends, the summer of football. The summer of football. This is having fun and we working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Five starts. Went deep in their own territory. And he'll go in for the touchdown. He's just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Stated bounds. And Barkley takes it all the way. 
summer of football. Boy flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand off and takes off. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't there yet. And the ESPN app. Summer of football. Every night, 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Can I just say something before we start? Yes, my show. Of course I can say something. Can I just say something? I did not see all of the second episode of... uh, of HBO's Hard Knocks with the Raiders. I only watched half of it this afternoon because I had to get out of here and, and get ready for work. Uh, I saw the first one and saw this, this a half of the second one. I'll watch the rest later on tonight. I don't know about you. And here's, the, here's what's really strange. Between the three of us, because we're working with Eric and Sean tonight, the, between the three of us, Sean played the most high school football. Eric did not play football. I did not play football in high school. I was a baseball guy. What, I played football. No, not really. Yeah, I did. 12 years of my life I played football. Okay, thank, thank, you, very, <laughs> thank you very much. High school football. <laughs> Eric was in high school for 12 years, but yet he made a career out of it here. Education is, is not my forte. <laughs> here at ESPN 1000. But Sean played the most football, right? I was a baseball guy while in high school. And there's something about... Not all these coaches, but Gruden in particular. If you watch the first, the beginning of both episodes, it's Gruden kind of getting after his players. And I don't know, Davis. Maybe, maybe after old age, it maybe has settled in on you. Maybe, maybe it doesn't affect you like it used to when you were in high school. But for me, I sit in my seat a little straighter when he when he's getting when after. He's talking it. To you? Yeah, I sit like the jaw starts to jut out a little bit, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, Let's go play. Let's <laughs> it's, go. Like, it's like <laughs> just for a fleeting moment before they hit the open, because yeah, I, I can't repeat everything that Gruden said, but a lot, a lot of it is like, you know, the bleeping Rams. You see it, hey man, the the Rams two, you know, two years ago they were nothing, and look at look at them. I don't like how we're playing, man, and just like he starts getting in and into it. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I sit up a little straighter in the chair, I'm like yeah. I agree with you, Hood, because there's nothing like sitting in a pissy locker room at Gately <laughs> 10 minutes before kickoff, and the speech is subpar. It's nothing like it. it does, is the fire still there, Davis, when you see something like that? Is oh, that, absolutely. It's still there. Absolutely. Okay, I was wondering. You know what else does does it for me? The mm. Ed Reed uh, locker room. Yes. They were at Florida State. Yes. And he was telling the guy, don't ask me if I'm hurt. We're not dominating. Let's go out and dominate. It's like, yeah, I wish I was right there with him, ready to play. I see the, I mean, Those type of things make the hair stand up on your neck. I know it's Gruden, and it's just like, you know, I've seen him. And there's a generation that they didn't even see Gruden coach. I saw him coach, and then him back in the mix, and just him talking about Raiders tradition. I'm not anywhere close to a Raiders fan, but just the idea that he's just trying to inspire through words like, I like what I see, but it's still not, not good enough. And look at the Rams. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and you see what people are reading. You see what people are saying about us? Have you read what people are saying about us? GD, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. He knows yeah. how to get the football juices full. Like, he's an excitable guy. Like, he gets you pumped. And I, I want to ask you this. On the other hand, what did you guys think about Ray Lewis and his pregame antics and stuff? Because I feel like if I was a teammate of his, I'd kind of roll my eyes. But Gruden really does get me amped up. I think the coaches do it more so than the players do. Because after a while, it becomes preachy. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm good with like some of the. It's like anything else. You just take a little bit of it, and you're like, okay, I'll use this for motivation. I don't need for you to preach to me for 15 minutes. You're you're right next to me in the locker. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like we just ate breakfast earlier, and we were talking about something like. Yeah, Ray makes you want to reach for your wallet. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I don't need that. I'm trying to get inspired for the game. But I gotta tell you, and that, it's not all the coaches, but Gruden, like. Yeah, I get it. Like he's and you see the situation. Raiders are bad. Raiders have underachieved for a long time. He's in the spotlight. He's trying to get his offense going. Him getting after if you, you got to see this. Him going after uh, Mike Glennon is is the best because he's he's got Glennon and he's got Nathan Peterman as his backups, and it's kind of like and he's just so pissed at them. He's just like. Because it's, it's what we knew about Glennon when he's with the Bears, right? Glennon is just there, and he's going through the motions. And, Gl- and, and Gruden said something like, pretty much, you know, you're acting like you've made the team. You guys are just so casual. And Nathan Peterman didn't say anything. But he's, 533 on blue, 533 on blue, said, said hot, said, said hot. And, it's, and Gruden's just like, he can't take it. He's like, hey, man, be a jerk like me, man. Hey, be like a jerk like me. Sorry for being that way, but I want you to be a jerk like me. Hey, you have a little present in the huddle. That, that kind of thing, right? And just like instill, Peter was like, all right, guys, here we go. 533, 533 in blue. Said hut, said hut, said, said. Just, it's like, oh, my God, no wonder you're terrible. Horrendous. And then Glennon with the, you know, the 10-foot neck. There he is there, and he's just like, and Glennon's in the huddle like he's already made the team. It's like, now you can cut them both, man. Because <laughs> they're both terrible. There's there he is, Mike Glennon, Mike oh, Glennon, man. just right there. Yeah, gosh. Anyway, so someone else I want cut, Eddie Pinheiro. I've already named the kicker for the Bears. It's not going to be Eddie Pinheiro. I'm already against him, and here's why. Someone asked Eddie Pinheiro whether or not he's exhausted by the constant scrutiny. Uh, because it's between Elliot Fry and Pinheiro for the Bears kicker. And, like, Pinheiro's like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's a little exhausting. Every day you feel like, man, oh, damn, if I miss a kick, am I going to get cut? If that's how you feel, I don't want you on the team. How about that? Shouldn't a kicker feel like that in general? Shouldn't they feel like if I miss any kick in any game, I could get cut? So um, this this show is supporting Fry as the kicker for the Bears. I'm down. Sounds good to me. It's enough. What do you mean? You're exhausted by the scrutiny. It's camp. You're trying for to get the job. So you know what? This is a fry show. The hell with, with this guy. Done. Go someplace else. Since you're so exhausted because people are so what, you Did you know the storyline of the Bears last year? Sorry. So fry should be the kicker for the Bears as we do summer football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. See how quickly I handle these things? I didn't go. I didn't do a 30-minute monologue on the kickers. I did that in two minutes. Like, I already sit outside the kicker. Fry. That's enough. Pinero's, I'm so exhausted. It's just so much on me. Just it's, uh, the media scrutiny. Okay, bye. See ya. Go, so, go kick someplace else. All right. Um, a really good column we want to point out to you from John Mullen from NBC Sports Chicago. How does the Bears defense stay elite and is uh, being even better possible? Check out this column on NBC Sports Chicago because... Uh, Moon talks about the loss of Vic Fangio to Denver as the Broncos head coach and talking about how, you know, you have a new guy in place in Pagano's. You got to keep people up to speed. But just here's some numbers for you using just one pass defense metric for comparison purposes. Uh, Training camp last year began with the Bears having lost more than a third of their sack total. 
So, like, no Lamar Houston, no Christian Jones, no Pernell McPhee, no Mitch Ernrein, no uh, Willie Young. And this year, 47 of the 50 sacks from 2018 are back, losing only Bryce Callahan, two of Andre from Adrian Amos and uh, Haha Clinton Dix. So, just the idea that there's going to be new blood on this defense. There's a big difference from even a couple of years ago versus right now. This defense, as I've said a lot, is ready to roll. There's no question about that. How about the uh, drama in Dallas with the Dallas Cowboys? And there's a lot of it. Uh, some thoughts here from uh, Adam Schefter saying that the deal for Dallas is not to sign Dak Prescott, their quarterback, Zeke Elliott, their running back, and Amari Cooper, their uh, wide receiver. The NFL is not designed to sign all three. Can they? There's so many details. It is very difficult to say that a guy turned down this or expected that. There there are ongoing discussions between the two sides. The Cowboys have made it clear they want to make him a highly paid quarterback. Stephen Jones has said they've offered him $30-plus million a year. They don't have a deal yet. So for whatever reason, they're struggling to get it done. They haven't found the meeting place to get this done. They want to get the Dak deal done. The issue for the Dallas Cowboys is they want to get Dak done. They want to get Amari Cooper done. They want to get Zeke Elliott done. They want to get Jalen Smith done. They want to get Byron Jones Jones done. Travis Frederick done. That's a lot of deals. Yeah. A lot of players. And as much as you want to keep them all, that's the way the NFL system is built. Not to keep them all. On Get Up This Morning, the latest on Andrew Luck, Indianapolis Colts quarterback. What's happening with him? Another injury. How long is he going to be out? I, w- I actually feel a little bit more comfort comfort in this than I did if it was a muscle. Because if you think, everyone's talked about, man, he's been out since like March or April. And you go, how long? Why have you been out that long for a little bit of a muscle issue in your calf? Hearing it might be a little bit of a bone thing makes me feel more confident because that explains the extreme caution that they've taken. And also, I just think like maybe a small stress fracture. I had a small stress fracture uh, in college, and I wish I had taken more time to allow it to heal, and I didn't, and it ended up becoming a bigger issue. So this actually makes me feel a little bit better than if it was the muscle. The only thing is we have to think about anatomy here because there is no little bone in the lower leg. There's a tibula and there's a fibula. So unless he is talking about a stress fracture or something in the foot, don't quite Listen, understand you what you mean by to, little bone. You're asking me to I, think I'm just of saying. anatomy too much. <laughs> I'm just saying, but there, you know. <laughs> the good news is, is that we had Dr. Jim on the case. <laughs> so he was able to break it all down for everybody. Right. Take a look at it. I mean, right. Even couch, you know I'm not very good at these things. <laughs> we know. But I'm, looking at this, like, the stress fracture piece, there is some concern for me. In the foot, low blood supply, maybe it takes a while to heal, but it's good that they're being cautious with him as opposed to with his shoulder the first well, time Wait around. a minute, guys. If it's a stress fracture, that actually means that there's more issue with it if you put more exertion on it. That's why it's called well, but, a stress fracture. But, so, my- But he's been out since, like, March or April, so maybe it, it is just the, the back end of that completely healing up. That's why I feel you a little would bit hope, better about because it. none of this anatomically makes sense to me right now. It'd be interesting to see if he shows up on the injury report with small little bone injury <laughs> would be a fascinating way to describe it. So the thoughts there from Get Up This Morning from Josina Anderson and Dan Orlovsky about Andrew Luck. Who are the Colts without Andrew Luck? He's got to get back in there. There's no, this is not a shot at Jacoby Brissett, but you know, if luck is healthy, it increases the chances for the Colts to win the division. Glad you're with me here for the Summer of Football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So pleased to have Mark Packer on with us. Pack is with us here 
from ESPNU on Sirius XM and also the brand new ACC TV network. ESPN and ACC bring you the ACC network coming in nine days where the conference's 15 championship winning programs will call home. Irish fans, get ACCN with DirecTV, with Hulu, PlayStation View, and YouTube. Get accn.com that's where you go accn.com to see if your provider will carry the acc network if you don't see yours listed contact them today and demand it mark packer will be part of that as well and he joins me here on espn 1000 and the espn app pack jonathan hood thanks so much for your time jay hood how are you i tell you what you just rolled right off the tongue with all those uh, cable contributors there and that's outstanding work tremendous uh, here let me let me help sell it for you because i'm excited for you <laughs> And I'm excited for you and West Durham, and, and and you guys will be doing a morning show on the ACC TV network. And here's why I'm excited: this will emanate from your home, correct? Yep, from the basement. <laughs> I love this. I swear to God, I, I kid you not. ESPN uh, came to us and said, "Pack, we're thinking about putting you guys on." We kind of kid around about that. And our idea is for you and West to do the show from your home in the basement. And I said, have you been to my basement? They said, no. I said, have you ever even thought about taking a look at it? No. I said, all right, let's do it. And so they have basically taken uh, what would be considered Wayne's World, where I was doing my SiriusXM show and still do. And um, next week, folks will see this thing for the very first time. And they have taken it from Wayne's World into an unbelievable studio. It has been crazy to watch this transformation. And... um, We've kind of hinted about some of the things you're going to see on the walls, which are unlike anything else on any show in the history of mankind. <laughs> That's got unbelievable ACC history to it. And uh, this thing will get cranked up next Friday, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And, again, check your local cable provider. But I'm assuring you that it will be unlike any show you've ever seen, not to mention my two dogs, Chester and Fuller, have places on the set, and uh, they will be the biggest stars of the show, guaranteed. Oh, my God. So here's the thing that also sold me. I'm like, okay, i, I got to get up and see this. As a college football fan, and just because it's you and Wes Durham doing the show together, uh, uh, so there's just going to be random people coming in, like neighbors coming in bringing food every morning, yeah. right? Uh, there will be neighbors. There will be dignitaries that uh, will literally walk into the show um, through the French doors, and again, we've said there's two rules. Number one, you got to pass the sniff test with Chester and Fuller. If the dogs don't like you, we don't want you hanging out with us. Number two, assuming you get, be- get past the dogs, you better bring breakfast because you know Wes and I are going to be hungry uh, getting up early from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. live every day. So you pass those two rules, whether you're a celebrity, whether you're a dignitary from the league, or whether you're one of the neighbors, that's the deal. You got to pass those two rules. This is going to be unbelievable. <laughs> ESPN signs off in the sight unseen, like just believing that you just have a big enough basement to do this, and now it's now it's happening on the ACC network. I swear, this is this is a lie. When they said, "Hey, we want this," I said, "You need to come see my basement." I said, "There's a reason." My wife and I live in this beautiful house. But she wants to get rid of all the riffraff, which is my stuff. And so she put me down in the basement. So it was just littered with stuff. I mean, I'm doing my Sirius XM show like any other man cave down there. And any little trinket or thing that you pick up doing this stuff long enough, you got it downstairs. So the rest of the house, 99% of the house, looks brilliant, looks great, classy, upscale, just like my wife. And then the 1%, which is me, downstairs, down in my little Wayne's World man cave, 
I was concerned when ESPN came the first time and said, listen, we want to take a look at it. And I told my wife, I said, there is no way that this is going to work. I mean, there's no, because I'm thinking they need a ton of space. It's not a whole, it's not a very big place downstairs. Mm -hmm. And the first survey team came in January and I was nervous as all get out. And they walked in, I was, of course, in Southern, Southern Hospitality, offering something to eat, something to drink, and to park your car, whatever the case may be, knowing it was going to be a disaster when they opened up those French doors. And they opened them up, and I said, pretty small, isn't it? And they looked at me, and they said, oh, there's plenty of space down here. And I was floored. I mean, I, I was absolutely floored. And, you know, so we go through the a couple hours of doing all the measurements and all this kind of stuff. And they said, well, have you seen Dan Levertard's studio? I said, well, I watch it every day. They said, well, you got a lot more room than Levertard. And I said, this is unbelievable. This is actually going to happen. So that was back in January. And here we are less than, what, nine days away from kicking this thing off. And uh, when folks see it, uh, I know that they're going to do kind of a before, during, and after, watching the transformation of Wayne's World into this crazy set that we're going to have. But it really is amazing. And the funny thing is, when we're talking about the set, the cool thing about the show is going to be that it will be unique in the sense that Wes and I, one of the things that has been kind of a pillar for us doing our Sirius XM ACC show, is that we want to talk about at least every team in the league every day about something. So mm -hmm. it's not going to be one of these things where, hey, if Clemson football dominates uh, the landscape, which is certainly could very well happen, it's not going to be the Clemson football show for three hours. We're going to talk about everybody in the league. So I think if you've watched the Big Ten Network, who I think does a great job, if you watch the SEC Network, which is celebrating their five-year anniversary today, they've done a tremendous job. This show and this network will have a completely, totally different feel and vibe versus any of the other networks that you might have watched, and whether you're loving the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12, or whatever the case may be. I just think that's great. And again, you uh, visit accn.com to see if your provider will carry ACCN. If not, make sure you contact them today, especially if you're an Irish fan here in the Midwest, here in uh, Chicagoland. Irish fans, you got your channel now, your only your channel, ACCN. Direct TV, Hulu, PlayStation View, YouTube TV. Mark Packer, part of that morning show with Wes Durham. With me, Jonathan Hood, for the summer of football on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'll, I'll want to go to one of your topics you mentioned the other day regarding uniforms, best uniforms. Yeah. I see that, that Georgia, my, my team got a, a, a number of votes because of the classic uniform. What was the, the prevailing um, thought from fans and callers about the best uniforms in college football? Yeah, you know, and it's it's still list season, all right? I mean, let's yes. be honest. I mean, we're, we're still a week and a half away from, you know, Florida and Miami hooking up down to Orlando and Arizona hooks up with Hawaii. And then a week later, everybody plays. So, you know, we go from talking season in July where everybody gives your coach speak, and then we get into list season in August. And there have been a number of really interesting lists lately, given the fact that we're going to celebrate the 150-year anniversary of college football. And well, we got into something the other day, given the fact that Notre Dame had unveiled I guess a lot of the Under Armour schools did. Notre Dame's going to unveil this, you know, throwback jersey celebrating the 1988 national championship team. And I thought they looked great. Uh, even Maryland, who's had some god awful looks uh, lately, came out with one with the script Terps, which looked great. South Carolina's coming back with the Black Magic from '84. I thought that looked great. So I kind of went on this whole dissertation about me. Now, normally I'm, I'm the worst fashionista in the world, telling you what looks good and not. Even though I think some folks would probably agree that Michigan State thing we saw a week and a half ago probably needs going back to the shop, but I digress. <laughs> so we got into uniforms, and next thing you know, I mean, we haven't done that show in probably two or three years. 
and people went nuts. And, and everybody's got an opinion about what looks good and all that stuff. And I know that Joel Klatt from Fox, who does a great job, mm-hmm. came up with his top five and kind of challenged everybody else. So we kind of took that and ran with it a little bit on SiriusXM. And you know, just to hear people break down uniforms from anything from a SMU with the, you know, the Mustang on the side to the traditional Penn State, Alabama, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State looks to what you might be excited about. So when I came up with my top five in no particular order, and your Georgia Bulldogs, by the way, were in the top five, mm-hmm. especially the home red with the silver britches, which are classics. But everybody's got an opinion on that kind of stuff. And so, you know, some people think Oregon looks great. Some people think it looks like garbage. Uh, but it always makes for a fun show, that's for sure. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on some of the storylines across college football. So if I gave you Clemson or the field this upcoming season, Pack, which way would you lean? Um, boy, that's tough. I mean, Clemson and Bama have become one and one A, um, and really until proven otherwise. And I know nineteen is a whole new year. The eighteen team is over and done with. And uh, what Clemson did to Alabama was against the law in the Bay Area, winning the national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's hard for me to believe. I mean, I think offensively they're going to be fantastic. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just spectacular, and he's ready for the NFL. Hard to believe as a sophomore. Uh, but, you know, you can lose three first-round draft picks on that defensive line. And I know Dabba's recruited extremely well. Um, and they've got players. they got dudes who were the second-teamers last year. But I think it's going to take them a while to get into a flow on the defensive side and the fact that I think their two toughest games of the year are weeks two and three. Texas A&M at home at Syracuse in week three. And before people snicker at Syracuse, I will tell you, uh, the Orange have played Clemson tougher than anybody in the country the last two years, and that includes Alabama. So uh, my gut tells me very seldom do we see a team go back-to-back. Alabama did it a long time ago, as great as Nick Saban's teams do. So I would take the field and give you Clemson. That would be my guess. But you know what? If the Tigers end up winning it all, uh, it shouldn't surprise you. But um, I-, I would take the field in this particular case. I've talked a lot this summer about the t- the top teams in the SEC on our summer football segments pack, and it's like and we talk a lot about Georgia and talk about Alabama. But uh, other than those two teams, are there is there a team that stands out to you in the SEC that could make a significant push this year? Uh, no, but uh, I do think that if you have to come up with a list, uh, I think A and M, despite the fact they play at Clemson, despite the fact they play at LSU, they play at Georgia. And they have Alabama at home. That's the reason I wouldn't say they could be a national champion. Listen, if they can run through that gamut, put them in there, man. That's an incredible schedule. Uh, LSU gets a lot of hype, but um, I just need to see it. I mean, offensively, they're talking about now going to a spread attack, and I just need to see that before I buy into it. I think it's Alabama and Georgia that they're the two dominant teams in their league. I think Bama is by far the best team in the West. I think Georgia is by far the best team in the East. I mean, I got into something today, and I know Florida fans have been barking and all that stuff, but Georgia in the last two years in the SEC East matchups, they've not had a game yet decided by single digits. I mean, they're that much better than everybody else. And I think Bama's the same thing in the West. I'll be honest with you, Jay Hood. I think the most interesting league in the country is the Big Ten. I think mm-hmm. the Big Ten has more interesting storylines than any other league in the country. And normally it would be you know heavy to the East and well, the West, you know, whatever. I mean, look at the storylines in the West. I mean, Nebraska, who won four games last year, is the favorite. Now, I, again, I, I think Scott Frost, great hire, the right man, but I do think it's going to take some time. This is not Central Florida. This is the Big Ten, and turning it around in two years, I need to see that to believe it. You know, nobody talks about Northwestern. Your boys right in your backyard. They, they win the division by three games. Hunter Johnson is the real deal, can spin it. 
and yet nobody talks about the job Pat Fitzgerald does, and all he does is line up and win Big Ten games. Iowa, nobody ever talks about it. Wisconsin, everybody seemingly forgot that Wisconsin had one bad year, and all of a sudden they don't know how to play football in the Midwest and in Madison. Makes no sense to me. Everybody's jumped on Michigan as the favorite. Well, guess what? Beat Ohio State, and then I'll buy into it. 14 to 15, I got to see that before I believe it. Justin Fields, all-world hype coming out of high school, could now play Jake Fromm. Now he transfers. Hey, I need to see that, too. I am intrigued to see what Justin Fields does at Ohio State. Nobody talking Michigan State. Nobody talking Penn State. I think the Big Ten's got more interesting questions heading into the season than any other league in the country. There's no question. And don't forget for Northwestern, a guy, look, I'll be watching their games, but I'll be watching number 42, Patty Fisher, the the junior. Yep. I keep I keep hearing whispers of Erlacher. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. I mean, that, that's a lot on that kid, but, I mean, he does yeah. have a motor pack. He's something special. Well, you know, you can't win that many games without good players. And the one thing Pat's been able to do is develop guys, right? I mean, you're not going to see, when we come out with those stupid recruiting rankings and people worry about, well, we got a top 10 class. Hey, you don't know how good anybody is. All I know is that Pat Fitzgerald gets kids that fit his culture, and then he coaches them up. And on game day, they are a tough out. And yet, nobody, I mean, I haven't heard anybody mention anything about Northwestern as the team to beat after they dominated the West last year. And I'm just going to tell you, I know a lot of folks haven't seen him play yet, but I, I know enough from what he did down at Clemson with all my buddies down there. Hunter Johnson, if he's upright and he's healthy, the dude is smart, he's a perfect fit, and he can spin it. Uh, lastly, right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000, so can a, can a one-loss Irish team make the Final Four? Because you know that one loss is happening between the hedges, right? There's no way they're getting past by Georgia. No way in hell they're beating Georgia, okay? so that's Because last year, Pac, now here's what it was. Last year, I'm there at, at in South Bend, 60% Georgia fans. We took it over. Yeah. Also on the weekend of Cubs-Braves. So that was a huge weekend for anybody that was south of the Mason-Dixon line to come up here to watch Cubs-Braves and watch um, how Georgia fans took over South Bend. So can a one-loss Notre Dame team get it done? I think that will be difficult. I really do. And, again, it's hard to answer that question without knowing what the rest of the country does. If you and I were having the same conversation a year ago, what would the odds have been to say, hey, you know what? We're going to have three undefeated teams in the college football playoff. What are we talking about? That's exactly what we had, the Notre Dame, Alabama, and Clemson. Um, I think a one-loss Notre Dame team, assuming they lose to Georgia and win at Michigan, you've got to hope that Michigan is great other than the day you beat them and they take care of business and win the Big Ten. You've got to almost hope, too, that somebody in the SEC, the ACC, in Oklahoma or Texas uh, wins their league with one loss. You've got to hope that nobody in the Pac-12 can get their act together and go on a run. I think Notre Dame with one loss puts itself in a bad spot. Notre Dame running the table puts themselves in the college football playoff. I cannot wait for the ACC network for you, for you, West Durham, and your, your man cave. <laughs> this is going to be so entertaining. <laughs> and It'll by the way, fun. I can assure you it will be entertaining, it will be educational. And it will be unlike anything you have seen on any conference channel. That, I promise. I want to make sure people understand, like, Pac is going to be like in a T-shirt. He, now, on, on his promotional videos, he had a nice jacket on, but you're not wearing any blazer for this show, right? Well, you're not doing that. Let me, let me just put it this way. When we had our press conference in March to announce Packer and Durham, uh, we're sitting in, and this is, again, during basketball season, which is a big deal in this part of the world. 
And so they you know, brought in ESPN, brought in all the journalists and all that stuff. And the last question of the press conference, somebody said, Pack, what, what will be different between the show you and Wes are doing on SiriusXM versus this show now on television? And my response was, well, apparently we now need to wear pants. And I left it that way. <laughs> and that's exactly what I meant. Because, you know, and, and, and I know I've seen your studios here in Chicago. you got to be somewhat, have some decorum. But, yes. you know, when you're in the comfort of home, down in the basement where nobody can see other than the love of your two dogs. I can paint the picture that things are made of gold, but I can assure you it's not. <laughs> so uh, we will be on our best behavior. We will not be wearing blazers. There will be no coat and tie, but we will be relaxed, and it will be a fun, entertaining show. And even if you're not an ACC fan, uh, you'll be able to watch it and be entertained and find out something about every school in the league, and that's our goal each and every day. As always, Pac, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Congratulations on this show. It's going to be fun. All right, Jonathan. Anytime, man. Take care of yourself. All right, there he is, Mark Packer from the ACC Network, as we do summer football here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. Hey, yo, Jay Hood. Talk that barbershop talk, dude. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. (laughs) Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Ohio State seeks to trademark the word the. You know, Ohio State is known as the Ohio State University. The school formerly known as the Ohio State University is seeking to trademark the word the for the use of clothing and hats, according to U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Um, That was a filing that was made on Thursday. I I directed you to this, Eric. Uh, If you go to the University of Michigan's Twitter, they're trying to trademark, trademark the word of such a good troll. I love it. It's so good because Ohio State's serious with this. <laughs> the Ohio State University and Michigan's like uh, of. That's awesome. University of Michigan. Mike Tyson says he smokes $40,000 worth of pot each month. Mike Tyson says he smokes $40,000 worth of pot each month in addition to owning a 40-acre ranch filled with marijuana. A former heavyweight champion this week said that on a podcast um that this is what he does as far as growing cannabis and smoking it. We smoke 10 tons of weed on the ranch a month. 10 tons. That's wild. Eric? That's nonstop. That's like, you know how some people like light their cigarette with their cigarette they're about to put out? Yeah. That's like lighting his joint with the next joint. Like he's just nonstop smoking. 40 grand. Tyson added that he that his ranch sells around $500,000 in cannabis to dispensaries in California and Nevada each month. That's a lot. A half a half a million dollars in weed at dispensaries? Wow, that's a lot. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, that story. No, but that, that amount is, is a wild amount. So businesses Mike Tyson's been in. Pigeons? Remember how he was really big into pigeons and pigeon messengers and now selling weed? Here's a question, but that's, this is like chain smoking for him, isn't it? It has to be. It really has to be. There's no way you can smoke that much weed if you're not just constantly smoking. Now, this might, this might be too much math for you, but now you need to tell me how many cigarettes is that? $40,000 worth of cigarettes. 
how many cigarettes is how many packs of cigarettes is that? Jeez, let me see. Hold on. All right, so because so you need to do the uh, the old arithmetic on that. How about that? You have to know what his role is, though. Is it the fat roll or is it the skinny roll? I'm thinking it's a. It, I'm thinking it's. Uh, I think it's a fat roll. No, that's Ricky Williams. <laughs> I think he's more of a skinny roll. Man uses roach spray nunchucks to quiet down neighbors. Suspect injures himself with nunchucks. <laughs> Just stop right there. Daytona Beach, Florida. Police say that they have arrested a man on suspicion they used nunchucks and roach spray on his neighbors. Uh, Larry Adams, the officer, says they intentionally sprayed five people and threatened to shoot him on Monday. Florida man stalked a woman with 10,000 text messages. Uh, the Florida man pulls a gun on late-arriving furniture delivery crew. The police get to the root of uh, pushed-over plants. Two witnesses told police that they originally left the apartment at 400 block of Charles Street. The people inside the car... Uh, gosh, this is amazing. Two witnesses told police that they originally left their apartment on the 400 block of North Charles Street to tell neighbors to lower the volume on their music coming from a car outside the building. The people inside the car told officers that they were celebrating their 18th birthday. One of them uh, said this in an affidavit. So because they did not lower the music in the car, this man, Larry Adams, decides to bring out the nunchucks and the roach spray on these people. Aggravated assaults and aggravated battery for this guy who is now in jail at this point in time. And should be under the jail for that, by the way. You're going to use numb. How do you use nunchucks and not know how to use them? What is that? I mean, if I had a pair of nunchucks, odds I'm hitting myself are stronger than me hitting somebody else. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, hold them both in your hand and use them as a weapon. If you're not going to do the old ninja, you know, deal, then what's, what's the point? You know, hit yourself in the head with a nunchuck. You think you're going to swing it around and do it like they did in the <laughs> old uh, karate movies? I don't think so. I didn't even know nunchucks are still a thing, by the way. I mean, in the 80s? In the 80s and in the 90s. I want to say somehow there was nunchucks in my home. But I... You know, I didn't can use it like Bruce Lee used it. You know, right? no, exactly. And I always hit myself in the head. Uh, it's roughly a one hundred and thirty three thousand cigarettes in a month is what he spends on weed. How many pack? How many cartons of cigarettes could that be? I don't know how many packs of cigarettes are in a carton. That's a lot. Of, uh, a lot of papers. Dude. <laughs> well, I'm sure he he also has uh, some. You know his. <laughs> I'm sure he's got his thoughts on uh, you know a whole bunch of top paper where you can find his top paper for to roll the weed. Oh, right? no doubt, absolutely. It's got to be like sheets, right? <laughs> like the old construction paper in your elementary school that was like five foot wide. I mean, he, it must be a, spe- a, a like a sheets room, right? So you can wrap. It's like ooh, ooh, just like it just kind of pull it from you know, like you pull toilet paper. You just get yeah. It just, ooh, <laughs> it just it just pull the paper when you need it. That's what it just. So, um, I don't know how many packs of cigarettes are in a carton, but I just, I'm wondering, like, you said 133,000 cigarettes. Mm -hmm. That's a lot in a month. Yeah, that's like what he spends on weed. People would die. The cigarettes. Yeah, no, seriously. Not the weed, maybe, but the cigarettes. I mean, that's still inhaling that much smoke can't be good. Wow. And that is. I like. I love the idea of having a separate room for for your paper, your rolling paper for weed. This is all separate. Let's just pull it from the thing. Because otherwise, it's, it's not the idea of you going to the gas station and getting top paper and just like 
hey, you know, it can't be just like a little thing. It's a lot of paper. He may own stock in Topps paper at this point in time. Like, <laughs> Not that I would know, but I just... And that is uh, <clears throat> Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Uh, we're back after this. I go work like a doctor. When I rock the mic, you got to like Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.